0: good morning everybody kyle here and haminder appearing just one second and there he is here i am happy wednesday everybody
1: yeah midweek and in the uk if i act as a weather person today is clear skies and it is 22 degrees and it feels like 22 degrees outside which is amazing it is
0: beautiful uh, so sorry if, if you're not from the uk 22 degrees for us is like mind-blowingly oh, warm. warm? Like, yeah if if you're sitting there, if you're in Mexico or somewhere, you're like, "What? <laughs> what on earth are they talking about?" For us, it's amazing. I had to drag myself out of my garden to come and do this uh, this live podcast. So oh, I know, yeah, I know, I'm,
1: I'm, I managed 2 k run today, and luckily, or maybe you know, uh, a bit of luck. Well, yeah, luckily, uh, we've got a meeting which is cancelled at 2:30, possibly, which means there's a message. The afternoon is now open to actually go and soak up some of that 22 degrees sun um
0: I'm, I'm making flow charts later today i don't know what you're doing
1: but apparently you're sitting in the
0: garden. <laughs> <laughs> okay the fine. day is over after this show. i shall work i will work on the standard operating procedures and the flow charts. <laughs> you go have fun don't worry about it <laughs> we we are business partners as well outside of this show um so it's good to know about the uh, the balance of work apparently
1: the balance of work and <laughs> once that's done i'll be putting together a baby bouncer which arrived this morning so yeah that's that is uh that's the magic of life and all the amazing things within it
0: so be- because harminder is expecting a baby not <laughs> not, not <laughs> totally random,
1: not because i wanted a a adult sized baby bouncer yeah. i know
0: i want one of them now amazing
1: I can, I can imagine why they're amazing. I mean, it looks really comfortable and there's toys attached to it and things like that. Um, so right, getting yeah. back on track, we are helping you build your audience online. The assumption is you have a business idea that is legit. It's verified. You've done the work to ensure it's verified. You joined us in the BBO show. If you listen to this uh, about, about five, six, seven ep- episodes ago, where we actually discussed how to start your business from whether you have an idea or no idea and take you through a process to identify a market that exists that you can actually serve. Um, and that process all covered from end to end. So now the assumption here is that you have one. And what we've been speaking about this week is um, these four components which underlie building an audience. Um, the components that we'll be discuss- we've been discussing are the content that you produce. That is what we discussed yesterday. What do you actually talk to your audience about? The second thing is messaging. Messaging is what we're talking about today. Um, How do you come across? How do you show up in front front of your audience and and all the amazing things that come with that? Then thirdly, that is when the platform reveals itself to us in regards to which is the best platform to use and uh, present our message on. And then finally, we talk about time and consistency and how long it takes to build an audience, how long you have to go at it. And one of the case studies that we've been referencing throughout the week, uh, at the start of the week to get the content message across, we used the Growth Tribes podcast, but also something which is more recognizable, which is Yoga with Adrian, um, which is a massive yoga channel. To give you a quick snapshot, started seven years ago, hit 200 subscribers in year two. 200,000. 200,000 subscribers in year two and then grew uh, as as those um, YouTube accounts do grow over time based on the principle that big gets bigger. And that's an important thing to understand. But big didn't get bigger immediately for Yoga With Adrian. What was extremely powerful is that for her to do that and put herself in a position where she even got 200,000 subscribers on her platform, which is YouTube, uh, where she presents her yoga she, Uh, yoga, daily shows, or however she does it, is that she researched in advance, her and her business partner researched in advance. And by identifying some categories, some keywords, she was able to very quickly work out that there's a demand here, but there's very little supply. So whatever videos she produced with these keywords, she would have the maximum impact, the maximum eyes, the maximum audience building ability and capacity uh, that is possible based on what her and a business partner identified. So many people will think it's luck, it's guesswork, it's, oh yeah, her message was uh, so quirky and authentic that that's why she grew partly yet yeah, possibly, but it was built on a foundation of this level of research, which we covered with you yesterday. So off the back of yesterday, you should now have a list of keywords in a Excel sheet, a Google sheet, whatever, you'll have a list of keywords that you can start to talk to your audience uh, about, because these are people's problems that they have and they share that online. We worked you through that process yesterday. These keywords are now available to you on a sheet and they should you know roughly be ranked in the order of highest impact. And highest impacts comes from where there's a high demand but a very low supply to keep the language very simple. So that's where we are. So handing over to you, Carl, now, what are we now focusing on today? Which I briefly mentioned messaging, but what does that
0: mean and what is the focus? Sure. So today we're going to be covering the messaging. Now, this is quite a broad term because we're going to encapsulate a few different topics today, but basically it's about how we are going to go about presenting ourselves to the world. We know what it is we're going to be talking about because yesterday we did our keyword research. We did key phrase research. and We have this list, this list of topics that people are genuinely already interested in. So we've done a lot of the hard work. The question now is how do we speak into that space? How do we get the information to them? How do we answer their, uh, their questions to solve their problems? How? So yesterday was what? Today is how? Um, You should have come through yesterday with a list of 30 to 40, maybe a thousand. It's up to you. Depends how deep (laughs) in the research you went, um, key phrases and, uh, key words that become the basis of your content moving forward. But today we need to make a couple of big choices. Now there are two main choices we're going to be looking at today. Um, and they'll take up the majority of today's session. The first one is our brand. And specifically, is it going to be a corporate or a personal brand? We're going to talk about what those terms mean, um, but I just want to give you the format today. Basically, do we want a professional corporate image or do we want it to be based on ourselves or our team or on the people who make up our company? This is a big split in how we do branding nowadays online um, and it's something we need to talk about. And we're going to give you our preference as well. The second thing we're gonna talk about is your story. So whether you are presenting uh, your business as a corporation, as a company, or whether you are presenting your business as yourself and your team and the people you work with, you're gonna need a story. Um, The story of your company is what allows us to get people's attention and it makes them more likely to actually stick with us uh, while we give them the information. And both of these elements, brand and story, you already have one. If you're in business, you already have a brand, you already had a story. It's just what people think about you, what they think your brand is, what they think your story is. Um, So regardless of whether you want a brand, regardless of whether you want a story in place, there is already one. All we're going to be doing is acknowledging that fact and helping to shape our brand and our story moving forward.
1: Yeah, because why this is important is because this is now what makes you different when you show up in the world when your business whether it's corporate or personal brand by having your own unique story this is how your business will show up in its own way in a way that's different to somebody else doing something similar or a large company doing something similar or you may have a large budget and you may be a medium-sized company so this is what makes you different to somebody who's a smaller personal brand and they're doing something different. So it's very important to, uh, you know, hone in on these two choices and determine what the outcome will be for you as a person within these two choices. And that's what we're going to explore today because many people may come and say, right, Carl and Harms, you're great. You're, you're providing us lots of systems and processes, but you know, if everybody's plugging into the system and process, what makes us different because yes, we have a list, you know, okay. If, you, if we're thinking the messages in the middle, we have the platform in which we're going to get, uh, we're actually going to speak to our audience and start to build our audience off. We know exactly what we're going to talk to our audience about and how we do that is now sitting in the middle and how we do that. Yes, you can have a formulaic approach against it, but it's very much what, uh, cr- positions you differently because you can now be yourself and provide your creative input and all the amazing things that come as being a human and a personal brand or a corporate brand but we can focus that energy based on what people want to hear versus skipping that step and actually just being ourselves completely free online, but without any single focus, walking on this path on Monday, this path on Tuesday, speaking to these people on Wednesday, those people on Friday. Yeah, that may feel enjoyable, but what we're not doing is building a sustainable business. We're completely just disregarding uh, business functions, business, marketing, sales. We're just disregarding all of that because we've completely removed focus away from things. So if you are coming at us and thinking, okay, at what point in... Everything you share with us, do we get to put into our creative output and actually share who we are? This is an opportune place. We're going to give you a structure to work by and some choices to decide upon, but this is an opportune place. So if you at the end of this, and we'll remind you after this, if you are thinking about brands, your story, and you need help with this on a on a one-to-one level or on a group level, then come join us in the Slack group, which is free, it's private, and you can talk to us about your business and If you feel that the creative input you want to put into this brand and story is the right place for you. So with that in mind, now let's discuss these two choices that you have on how you get, how you show up in the world and how you get your message out there. So if you've looked for something outside a system and a formulaic approach, this is a really good day of the week for you. Um, so Carl, let's kick off with number one, which is the brand.
0: First of all, with brand, I want to throw in a quick apology because it does sound very corporate. Right? Yeah. It sounds like we're coming in as consultants and we're saying, oh, you need to change your brand, you know, like that when we talk about brand, people will think about madmen, they'll think about big corporations um, who are protecting their logos and uh, it's it just has kind of a nasty taste to it. It doesn't sound very exciting. And if you are a new business, if you're starting out or if you're up and running and you, you know business about you and what you love doing and how you love helping your customers when we start talking about brand i understand there might be a bit of pushback people thinking i don't that's not really what we do that's a bit icky i
1: I think i just add a note there it's also it feels and, and sounds icky and there is pushback but we also get the opposite where we have people clients who are obsessed with the brand brand comes first before anything that we've discussed this week last week the week before The first conversation is I want to grow my brand or I want to identify what my brand is. It's the first part of the conversation. So I
0: think branding, obviously.
1: Yeah, they've been reading. Okay. And and they've been seeing like uh, (laughs) brand topics and logos and website colors and things like that and getting obsessed with that as the primary objective. Um, So I think they can sit in two buckets. The icky like, oh man, I don't want no brand. Like, I don't need a logo, I am who I am. And then you've got the other side, which is, uh, well, we need a brand
0: first. Otherwise, everything we say is irrelevant. So it depends on where people approach this, I think. So I think regardless of your emotional reaction um, or what you think about your company's brand, it doesn't really matter Um, because the truth of the matter is you have a brand, whether you like it or not, uh, whether you have consciously thought about it or not, your company and yourself online have a brand because a brand is not just the logos and your website header and your um, you know the, what's it called um, on your on your stationery it's not just those kind of things yeah brand is more basic than that it's really how do people refer to your business um, how do people talk about your business so it's not about you and your company it's about the people out there how do they refer to you and your company
1: when That's they that. when they hear your name what do they feel? What do they tell their friends? What's their gut reaction? What, what's their first instinct? Um, do you leave a smile on their face, or do you think, oh, like, oh, those guys? Yeah. So I think I think they're really good questions to ask. Which is, how do people refer to your business? How do they talk about your business? When your business or logo pops up, um, do they? Uh, or how do they feel about that? And also another point is when somebody. Another great way to think about brand in a bit of a counterintuitive way and thinking a bit forward thinking into the future with with what we'll be sharing with you and helping you discover is when somebody thinks about your market niche or your specific niche industry are you one of the brands that appears at the top of the list are you like one of the three or four brands that appears and that's something we'll share with you and how to get to that place going forward and you should start to be developing a plan to do that by the end of this week as well
0: so we call that top of mind awareness which is very important that's an MBA term term <laughs> but basically if you're talking about oh God, i can't even think of a can't even think of an example um nike
1: and adidas i so say yeah, you think trainers. trainers okay so trainers. Yeah, yeah.
0: You think trainers nike and adidas are going to show up immediately um, mm. they are top of mind there are hundreds of other companies who make trainers but if it's nike and adidas that the majority of people who think about first they're the ones with the strongest brand
1: yeah, and, and, and let's go niche to that because yes, we're talking large, but a niche, for example, shoes would be, uh, which we discussed a couple of weeks ago, barefoot shoes or barefoot running. Then if you ask me, there's there's two brands that pop to mind. One is Vivo barefoot, which I buy all my shoes from. And then the other one is uh, Vibram five fingers. So there are two brands that immediately t- top of mind and I don't actually know any others. So um, I'm sure there's an opportunity there in the niche.
0: So there's a really interesting thing when you said barefoot shoes, I automatically thought Vivo. Like, that's, and then you said, oh no, I know two brands. And I was thinking to myself while you're talking, like, what's the second one? What's the second one? As soon as you said Vibram, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that. That was not top of mind awareness. Their brand, at least in my head, is not as strong as Vivo because I have immediately mm. thought Vivo. Yeah. That's where you want to be with your company in your particular niche so that people are like, oh yeah, they're the guys who do this. They're the guys who do that. You need to talk to them. Um, That's where we want to be that is what your brand is. Your brand isn't just your logos and your colors and your website. Those are, I mean, we call them brand assets. They are kind of like the part of building the brand. But really all all your brand is is what people think of you, mm. what they think of automatically when they think of your brand or your niche. Um, and whether you like it or not, that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think of, the, think of the, just come to mind where you, where you spoke about that and the bare feet uh, and running, etc. which is. You know, think about your brand in regards to the five senses, you know, when people think about logos and colors and fonts, what we're really talking about here is, you know, the visual appeal. Then we talk about if somebody mentions your name, how do they feel? And then we start to delve in into the senses. You know, if if somebody's got a product, Apple, as an example, how does that, you know, what, what does that product feel like? What does that brand feel like? What does it feel to like to touch? And this is where your brand starts to evolve. And you'll get there, but we have to start by making a decision, which isn't final, but certainly in the early stage, which we're assuming that you are, because we're taking a new idea, which you which you've researched into this phase about building an audience, which is the main question, which is how how are you going to be represented to your audience and customers? In which bucket? And Carl, what are those two buckets that we're going to be sharing with them?
0: Okay, so the two widest buckets here are corporate um, or company, if you're in the UK, and personal. Um, so we're going to talk about the two of those and how how you'd make a decision about which one you're going to use and our personal preference. Um, it's going to depend a lot on your market. It's going to depend a lot on your niche, of course, but we can give some general recommendations. It's also going to depend on you as well, and we'll talk about that as we go forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a, and a final note before we dive into those is is what we're really determining at this stage when we talk about these two options is what will be the face of your business mm. is the brand of your company uh, based on your products and services or is it based on you as a person uh, your partners your team so you know it will very much vary depends on what depending on what choice you make so just factor that in mind when we're describing these two elements so corporate versus personal or corporate or personal be the distinction here between the two choices that we have to start with and and we suggest that you start with one of
0: those yeah and so by default most companies out there will use corporate most companies when you think of them you're thinking about the company their products and their services that's what their brand is um a really good example if you're british uh Although, no, even if you're not British, um, mm. this will still work. Uh, for example, British Airways. When you think of British Airways, what do you think of automatically? You're thinking of colours. They've got the the red, white, and blue. They've got the, uh, the uniforms that they wear. Uh, maybe their logo. They've got lots of branding around Gatwick and Heathrow here in London. Um, there might be some kind of ideas you associate with them, like reliability. That's something they're always trying to push. Like, we're... We're we're no frills, but we get you there. Um, We're we're Hmm. reliable, we're sturdy, and that's kind of what they built their asset around, uh, their brand asset around. But apart from that, they're quite faceless. Um, There's not much personality in that brand. It is is mainly their colors, their logo, their uniform, and maybe a few abstract ideas around uh, the idea of British Airways. Now, if you compare that to someone like Virgin Airways, what do you think of when I say Virgin, Virgin Atlantic or Virgin Airways?
1: Well, Richard Branson pops yeah. up in my head immediately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Richard Branson's face immediately pops up <laughs> after that. You'll probably think of red, um, cause they have red uniforms. They have red planes. They have red, like red is their very much their color. Um, and they've really gone all in on that, but before anything is Richard Branson, he has made himself the face of Virgin Airways. Plus, most of the other companies he's he's run, he's gone with the personal brand approach uh, for the Virgin Group, whereas a company like British Airways is faceless. I mean, who runs British Airways?
1: Pff, beats me. <laughs> be, be, I, I don't even know. I don't even know one name associated with that. Um, no, that, that's a reality. So, what what we what's interesting here is most businesses, even an individual, typically will start by going corporate. And, you know, one of the possible reasons for this is maybe it's a human instinct is that we want to look bigger than we are for the most part by having a, uh, by having and spending lots of, you know, capital in advance on a website, business cards. And trust me, I've done it when I started m- building a a property uh, portfolio, there was a big push on, you know, be bigger than you are, look bigger than you are. And the way you can do this is via websites, logos. Branding, you know, the branding in the term that we've described uh, in the intro- introduction to this
0: CEO on your card. So a Kyle Barmer CEO or director yeah. of C- a yeah. company of one,
1: <laughs> founder, CEO. Yeah. Like there becomes an obsession with this entity. Mm. Um, and if you want to understand about how we obsess about the idea of this entity, then I think. Uh, Sapiens is a phenomenal book which describes that. The example he uses is Perjo as an entity um, and how that starts to create this identity, but it's not human at all. So it's a fascinating concept of how we shifted from people into these entities. So go go explore that. Now, what we're not saying is this is wrong thing to do. I mean, it's probably quite wise for certain niches, especially in areas such as B2B. Um, Why? Because it's just safer. It's what everybody else does and we don't want to get ridiculed, laughed at, or immediately thought as, as a very small company, which can be a problem in, in B2B, where there's things like tendering, where appearance and a certain appearance is quite important. Um, so that's fine. If you're in the B2B industry, then actually one of your choices may be tending closer towards the corporate style of brand. And that's understandable. So it may or may not be right for you, your products and services but it very much depends on those factors that we've discussed uh, uh, typically. But what's the flip side of corporate?
0: Sure. The flip side is personal, is Hmm. using uh, the people who make up the company, because remember, companies are still built of people, is using them um, as the face of the business. So whereas British Airways, the face of the business is their logos, their colors, they're they're relatively faceless, in fact. I just think that. there was
1: a machine,
0: like yeah. you know, a factory, yeah. Yeah, um, that's the image they're putting forward, and that's fine. Um, the face you think of, or the face, face you see, and he makes sure that you see it uh, for Virgin Airlines is Richard Branson. So that's uh, an example of a personal brand driving a business group forward. So for newer businesses, and especially for online businesses, we often recommend you go um, down the route of using a personal brand rather than a corporate brand. Um, there's a few reasons. I, I, I was going to go with this. There's, there's a saying in business, which is people do business with business. Uh, sorry, people, do, people business. do business with people. Yeah. People do, so ultimately all kind of transactions happen between people. So this is, I, I did some digging around because I, I was going to put this in just as a throwaway phrase. Like, oh yeah, that's that's the reason why we're, we're talking about personal branding. Um, I looked up what this was from, and it was from a study on sales representatives um, back in like the 1990s. People who were calling up or doing face-to-face meetings and getting sales done. Whenever that was done um, through the sale rep, sales rep's name, rather than the company they represented, they had far higher conversion rates. So a person can sell more easily to a person, whereas if I am a company coming to you and trying to sell you something, um, you get less sales. So that's Ooh. actually where it comes from. As people do business with people, ultimately. However, I was thinking about this, and the majority of the stuff that I buy nowadays is, well, especially during lockdown, is going to be from someone like Amazon, which is faceless. Yes, there's Jeff Bezos at the top, but you don't think of it as, oh, I'm buying stuff from Jeff's shop. It's, <laughs> that's not really. No,
1: Amazon. no, no, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, people do business with business. Uh, pe- God, can't even say it. People do business with people. I think is fine. Maybe that's more relevant in B2B and we're not going to touch on that right now. But I think we need to give a few more reasons why a personal brand is much stronger, especially for new businesses and for online businesses.
1: Yeah, so what we're going to do is justify that phrase, which is, you know, yes, people do business with people, but what does that actually mean? What are the benefits of that? What's the advantages of that? Because at the end of the day, nowadays, people don't just do business with people. As we know, Amazon has changed the landscape there um but if we look at at an example where people maybe do do business with people in the same sense that people would choose virgin because of richard branson is is the same reason potentially people are buying teslas because of elon musk and and the identity he has created there so tesla and elon musk is another example of that element so
0: even on a basic level like think of if you go out and get a coffee from a coffee shop where do you go? Are you going to the place with the best coffee? Maybe not. You're probably going to the place that has the friendliest staff, and you get that bit of human interaction. And you are you're buying into the brand because of the people there. So a lot of the face to face interactions we do, a lot of the shopping that isn't Amazon, will be based on that. It's it's not just the quality of the products or the price or the distance. It's going to be in large part because we like the people who work there, and maybe there's some kind of human interaction. Even if it's Tesco's or Sainsbury's, um, there will still be that element there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's now focus on, you know, a few reasons why personal branding is recommended by us. And I'll kick off with the first point. The first point is there is from day one an existing asset and that existing asset is you. Whereas if you think about a corporate entity and if you want to get really granular with it, let's set up a limited company, which is a trading company. And great. There's this box. There's no assets in it. Nothing. It just it's just this empty vessel at the moment. Whereas if we go back to the personal branding, there is an existing asset. It's you, your knowledge, the way you've shown up within your industry for many many years, decades, or even a short time, and you've made such an impact in that industry that you are an asset. You are a walking asset. So that's the first thing: is you are an asset versus setting up a corporation or corp or a corporate identity or brand which doesn't quite have in place that that asset that already exists within you. I guess that's the first message. What else do we have?
0: Um, so connected to this is the fact there is speed. If you are using an existing asset, which is going to be yourself or your team and all your background, your experience, um, everything you're bringing to the table, you already have something to start with. So you can get moving a lot faster. If you've started up a new LLC or a limited company and you need to Brand it. Generally, this requires bringing in consultants, Uh, and as consultants, we shouldn't be saying this, but (laughs) expensive consultants who will come in—they'll help you put together a logo and uh, you know brand images. They'll give you a mission and a vision and stuff like that. Mm. Fine, it's all well and good, but it takes time. Um, And instead, you can start with something that you already have. You need to go through the process of working out what your values and your mission are, but that's coming from here rather than from this empty box, as Harminder just described. A limited company.
1: Yeah. And again, now following on from that speed is one thing, but with the need of dropping all of the things that corporations have to do, we can also save money. We can, we can distance ourselves from all of the typical costs associated with setting up a corp as such versus a personal brand, everything from the websites, everything from the accounting, everything from the setting up the limited companies, um, in a certain structure so that the entity is separate. All of those things, you know, some will be relevant, but this is the first thing we think about now, nowadays, unfortunately, when we're starting a business is all of those costs, the business cards. Yes, it seems like a minute cost, but that's 90 to hundred pound on a good quality set of business cards. Maybe you are going to pay a consultant to come in, whether it's a social media consultant, whether it's somebody to run your marketing from day one, all of this is a cost. Whereas if we start focusing on you first and working through this process as a personal brand and knowing that you are more important than a website or a logo and that you, you yourself can actually start to build an audience without any of that to start with, then we're saving a lot of money. And instead, we're just replacing that for time or sweat equity, if you want to use a, a phrase. So, that's another thing we get. That's another advantage. We get to save money.
0: And again, these are mainly advantages for new or kind of early stage businesses. If you're already a medium or a large enterprise, it's going to be less relevant. But we're talking um, to people earlier on in their journey. Yeah. yeah. So, the next one is connected, I think, as well. Um, people do business with business is a very useful.
1: People do business with people.
0: (laughs) I'm making as much work for our text editor as possible. (laughs) I'm going to have to give her a prompt to look for me every time. Um, People do business with people is fine, but why is that? What is the kind of mechanism behind that? Um, I think a more useful... Phrase is We do business with people that we know, like, and trust. Now, Daniel Priestley, who we've mentioned before, has written a book called Key Person of Influence, which is really about this it's about being known, it's about being liked, and it's about being trusted. And that is what allows us to transact with somebody in the market. Now, this is much easier to do as a person. Um, yeah. To know, like, and trust a person is much easier than to know, like, and trust a corporate entity or a logo. Um, even on the most basic level, If you're on social media, for example, uh, let's say you're on Twitter, talking to a Twitter account that has their logo as their kind of profile image is is much more non-human than talking to an actual person with a picture of their face. Now this is really basic stuff, but we can communicate better with people than with a logo um, on a psychological level. So what this allows us to do is we can build up our authority as an expert. Now we have talked about this in great detail. I think in week two or three, we -hmm. talked about an expert funnel is basically building a whole business system around your expertise, your personal expertise. Uh, This is, um, online in particular, this is a very powerful way to get people to know, like, and trust you. And it's a very powerful way to, um, build up an audience, to build a tribe and to generate income online. So that's a whole week that we've talked about with, um, An expert funnel. But I think it's very relevant here that it's easier to become an expert. It's easier to become an authority as an individual than it is as a corporation.
1: Yeah. And if you think about all of those things that we just spoken about one existing asset, speed, the fact that you're going to save cost, the fact that you're going to position yourself in the market in a place that people like, know, and trust you. And now attach all of those benefits to the amazing power of social media, which will help you accelerate all of these items. We then start to identify and start to, when we discover the platforms and social media, we start to really see that social media and its power is very much geared to the individual and their story, not the brand and the corporation. So the brand and corporation is left uh, spending millions of pounds on their advertising and their commercials, and just moving that from television to social media, being a faceless brand, whereas we can then turn up on social media, accelerate all this process, and also, if you want to underline the word competition, we now stand a chance with competing with these brands, especially if we are in their macro market space, but we've carved out a specific niche that we are dealing in. That's the power. That's where it becomes extremely powerful. So even if you look at a platform like LinkedIn, specifically where it's a you know coined as a business social network, it's still about the people. It's not companies that are annoyingly direct messaging you saying, Hey, I think we can do business. It's it is people. It's a people either within an entity or business or it's people who are have their own businesses. They are the people who are directly reaching out.
0: So that, that's the, the appeal of LinkedIn really, is that yeah. instead of me talking to Coca-Cola, I can talk to Sophie, head of marketing um, in Atlanta at Coca-Cola, a specific person inside a corporate entity. That is really the power of LinkedIn in particular.
1: Yeah. So what this allows us to do is compete and even compete on a corporate level. So yes, you may be pitched against a Coca-Cola and their massive corporate budgets, but by playing in the field of LinkedIn and social media and Facebook and YouTube or wherever, we are playing in the same field. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a good thing to just bear in mind. We're playing on the same field now.
0: Whereas with traditional media, um, so commercials you just mentioned, so TV ads, um, sticking adverts on the side of a bus, billboards, etc., that is very much the domain of the brand, um, not necessarily the personal brand. That's where the corporate brands live. They have the money, they can spend and they can... Be visible there now thankfully for us the newer forms of media um, social media being one of them actually cheaper um, more effective we get a lot more um, visibility about our data and it's as has said it's about individuals communicating with individuals on social media through email um, through all of these newer channels we have a much more level playing field we don't need to play on the big boys' corporate playing field, uh, where we will lose unless we can outspend them. Instead, we play them on our home turf, which is online using mm. the personal brand. We can actually outmaneuver them.
1: Yeah. So now let's loop this back to our actual audience building strategy, the focus of this week, because if we bring this back to the reality of things, yes, we we're, we're talking about abstract concepts here, which is you know a corporate brand personal brand, which which one has a better advantage, which should be used in what situation. But remember, we are armed with a whole list of questions from yesterday, which are people's genuine solutions that they've even written into the online world, spoken into the online world, recorded videos about into the online world. I have a problem. I need a solution. So, so here's a concept or here's a question to think about. Who do you think they are more likely to listen to in in regards to providing a solution is it the faceless corporate brand and yes i know by saying that phrase we're painting them in a certain picture in a certain way i'm aware of that or is it a real person who's gone through that scenario or gone through that problem overcame it and is now sharing you sharing with you the solution that they use to overcome that problem who's going to have more power here Now that's a good question to think about. The gut feel and my answer would be when I personally go and search for a problem that I have or I'm trying to find a solution, I go to a someone, a person who's representing themselves typically via video and walking me through how to solve a problem. I think a couple of days ago I was looking about how do I do something on Final Cut Pro. I didn't go to Apple me through how he does it and it's his name on the channel and that was extremely powerful so that's just a personal experience so this actually you know leads us nicely on to the second part which is the second thing that we want to discuss with you which is the story and the story is something which now really helps you set apart if you think setting yourself apart with a personal brand is powerful now this is the part which
0: really really does differentiate yourself yeah And whether you're going down the corporate route or we're using the personal brand, we need to get our story straight. Um, Remember that the brand is how people describe us. It's how they think of us. And we need to kind of set the tone for that. I'm going to paraphrase RuPaul. I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race. He says, uh, if you can't love yourself, how the hell hell is anyone else going to love you? I think this is exactly the same with story here. If we don't know how to describe ourselves, if we don't know what our story is, how on earth are people going to know what our story is we need That's to brilliant. know this first before we put it out there um otherwise we'll yeah. just make up what they want about our brand and our story so we need to have the essence of that it's going to change um and we're not talking about f- manufacturing it from scratch we're talking about something authentic um but we need to know what it is before the world decides that for us
1: yeah so the question is what sort of story do we tell do we tell our biography um i was reading alan greenspan's biography and it's massive, it's like this thick. Um, I mean, or he's Warren, done
0: a lot to be fair,
1: he's done a lot. Or Warren Buffett's, which is actually so thick, is, is propping up my monitor. Oh, is, that the,
0: is that the snowball?
1: Yeah, the snowball.
0: is like a kid, there's
1: <laughs> a lot of- exactly. So the, so, the point here is what story are we telling? Are we telling the story from the moment we came into the earth to the point now? Is that the story we're telling? No, we've got to think about the hook of the story being aligned with our goal and outcome. And if you remember, our goal and outcome is directly linked with solving people's problems. We know what problem we're solving. We identified this in the business week. We gave you a snapshot of it within the audience week. But more specifically, we've also got a list of questions we're talking about. So remember at the macro, we're, we're solving a problem statement. We've identified this problem statement. Now our story should be aligned With helping people solve that problem statement. So somewhere within our story or our snapshot of the description of our story must be aligned with that goal. It may be fun to take them off on a one or two tangents, but remember, every time you take them away from the goal, it's harder for them to understand who you are, which goes back to what Carl described fantastically, which is if we if if you don't know how to describe yourself and your story concisely, then people are too busy. People are too busy to help. to to work out what your story is Um, we can't assume people care that much so we have to make it as simple as possible for them and then as part of that story why are you qualified what's special about you within your story that allows you to qualify or uh, build credibility within yourself why are you the expert and authority that somebody should trust in order to solve the problem that they have Um, because that is a is a big a transaction of trust. I've got a problem and I need somebody to solve it. In that intersection, that is trust. And that's a big decision for people as well. So how do we approach creating, well not creating, or rather putting our story together?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. So first point there, you've just covered amazingly, we start with them, their problem. We're not just talking about ourselves. So whenever somebody goes to set down their story, they... natural tendency is just to talk about yourself. Don't do that. We are answering their problem. We're using our story to do that. So we're gonna gonna have two elements here. We're going to talk about how we have done, what it is they're trying to do. We've made it. We have uh, got the result that they are currently aimed at. We need to prove that. Okay, that's fine. And the second part is we are going to show them how they can do it too. These are the two main components. Mm -hmm. Um, and corporations use this as well because you might be thinking well is this just my personal story about oh i struggled with this and i got through and now i'm going to show you how to do it no corporations do this as well um nike for example so nike as nike itself is is a faceless corporation it's just a a swoosh tick so that's why they spend so much money hiring sports stars athletes um tiger woods uh who else have they had
1: uh, just Michael Jordan, Jordan. Kobe yeah. Bryant. I like that. Yeah,
0: you might have heard of them. You might have
1: heard of them. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting here, actually, is uh, in terms of another athlete, which is a very current scenario. Because yes, you can think about the LeBron Jameses. They've been around for a while, but the marathon runner, and I can't remember exactly what he did, but he's wearing a unique Nike shoe. Oh, the
0: f- Flylight. Flylight,
1: and he and he broke the what the mile record, or I can't remember what record he broke, but. All eyes have been on him, um, and it's been incredible to see because that very much exemplifies the part that you've done it. And Nike, the corporation, make sure and have made sure everybody on the planet knows that this person, it doesn't matter what his name is, it doesn't matter what happened, but they need to know that the person who broke the world record done it wearing their shoes. And that was
0: pretty powerful to see. That's good. That's, that's some good storytelling there. Um, anyway, so I-, <laughs> I don't work for Nike. Yeah. <laughs> Nike and well no, I mean what they've put into place well, like, they've yeah. they spent a lot of money trying to break that record. Not making the shoe. I mean, obviously they spent a lot of money making that shoe too, but spent a lot of money breaking the record by training up lots and lots and lots of athletes um and getting them faster and faster and faster so that somebody could beat that record eventually wearing their shoes. Um mm. but they spent most of the money on training up the athletes. Genius, genius storytelling. Anyway, the, the what we're talking about here is Nike will hire in faces. They are higher in personalities because um, the customers want to be faster, fitter, better in some way. That's what you're buying into when you buy Nike. You're buying this shoes, so you'll be able to run a marathon faster. Fine. These athletes already have these attributes. Um, they are already stronger. They're faster. They are they are better at, at sports than most of the customers who are buying Nike. So the the link here is that okay, these athletes have done it. So. Uh, I will be able to share in these attributes somehow by purchasing the product that these athletes are now representing. Mm. Um, it's 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 not just the uh, the fact that they trained; it's the shoe. So that's what Nike are relying on is the linkage um, between between the athlete and their ability, and the customer wanting to have those abilities. The problem is, I want to be faster. I want to be stronger. The solution is these shoes, but it comes through this story of the athletes.
1: Yeah, and so and use this. Another good example in the the UK card will be more aware of this is for example Cristiano Ronaldo. How you, you know you can play like Cristiano Ronaldo? The way you do this is buying his CR7 football boots, which cost a fortune. They're very unique uh, in their design, but that's another mechanism of uh, you you could you've done it, we've done it. And we can show you how to do it. All you need to do is buy into this brand and this shoe. And that's, and
0: that's why I'm rubbish at football. I just don't have those shoes. Okay.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's the reason. And that's why I can't play like LeBron James because I don't have his shoes. And so That's, that's exactly why. It's not, but,
0: simple, but it works. And that's why they spent a lot of money on these sponsorships. That linkage works.
1: It link, that linkage does work. And if we're looking at somebody like Nike, they really cracked the code with this with Michael Jordan. That was, that's when Michael Jordan arguably took them to another level which no other brand could then keep up
0: because if you actually step back and think about it the idea uh, imagine that first executive coming into the boardroom saying hey we need to pay this sports star just obscene amounts of money to wear our 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 trainers while he's playing and would do a photo shoot Um, imagine that as the first person coming into that boardroom and suggesting that he probably got laughter initially and now it's standard
1: It's, it's standard and if you want to dive deep and actually look at how they train and this is what this is the challenge with um these big brands how they actually train is they use conventional running shoes which are barefoot which is fascinating they even train their athletes in barefoot but when they turn up they have to wear the nike shoe it's just it's just a crazy fascinating world and market but that's the reality gonna
0: drop, of it you're going to drop your vibrant barefoot uh affiliate link in here,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should, um, I don't think they even got a system uh, annoyingly, but I, I should, but they, I mean, they cost a fortune, but, um, that's for a different topic, different, different podcasts altogether. Um, talking to podcasts, uh, Daniel Priestley that we spoke about who very much teaches and embodies this and will guide people through this process himself. It has agreed to be on our podcast. The one myself and Rodu for the growth Child podcast. Awesome. So that that is that is very awesome because he's a, a well established business name and talks the truth of business just as we we do in the BBO show, which is which is fascinating. Author of three very very popular books as well.
0: I don't have any of them within reach of me, but yes, the- yeah.
1: But okay, so, so just bringing this back in now, you know, it's it's no longer with audiences getting smarter with people getting smarter with people getting more conscious is probably another way to describe it is it's not just enough now to say, I'm great. I am Nike. We've got great athletes. You should buy some stuff from us. It's just not good enough to do that. And companies like Nike have realized this because the reality is if you do it in that mechanism and personal brands will face this as well, not just corporations. If you do it in that way, it makes us look arrogant. It makes us look like a bit of a jackass, a bit of a... Uh, a bit of annoying person. Where hey, look at me! I'm I am the master of this field. And if you don't buy this product, yeah, and and it's it's it just doesn't work. It may have worked in the past, but this third element is essential. We haven't spoke about a third element yet. But Carl, what is this third element which really cracks the code and is the next level above this not so subtle? obvious blatant thing which is look the customer knows they can't be lebron james or they can't be cristiano Ronaldo or whoever they've got signed up michael jordan they know this but yet they purchase but there is still people who are conscious enough to know okay i know i'm not going to be this you're going to have to give me some more here you're going to have to give me some more here so what what is this third element which actually cracks the code
0: sure so the first two elements of the story that we've talked about is okay i've done it i have achieved this result i have solved the problem that you're trying to solve I've done it. I am here. I've made it. That's the first one. Second, I can show you how to do it. But the third is more subtle. It is, it's adding in struggle. So it's kind of saying, all right, I'm here now. I can show you how to do it. I know how to get you here because I went through the same process as you did. I went through the struggle. I went through the pain. I went through the difficulties that you did. I had to solve the problem myself. So even Nike have started to do this. Now that adverts is not just an elite athlete kind of flexing their muscles and waving their gold medals around. They've stopped doing that. Instead they are focusing on the process. So there are lots of videos of athletes getting up at 5am in the morning and running and going and practicing their craft. And that is what Nike is starting to tap into, um, even as a larger corporation. So they're saying, look, yeah, sure. (laughs) The shoes are really important, but it's also the blood, sweat and tears um, of the struggle getting, uh, getting somebody from A to B, getting them from their problem to their solution. Um, So even Nike are doing this and we want to integrate this into our story as well. Mm -hmm. So the elements will become, I've done this, um, I have achieved this result. I can show you how to do this because the third element here, once I was in your position, uh, this is an extremely powerful third element, especially with personal branding.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you use Nike as an example here because they have strategically signed athletes who embody the struggle. So if you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, everybody's in lockdown, but on on his Instagram, he's training like like a beast. He's trained like he's never trained before. If you look at LeBron James, who I think was one of their athletes, uh, when this off-season in the NBA... He's training. He's out on the street training, flipping tires. So their athletes embody the struggle. They demonstrate the struggle to their audience all the time, and they will benefit of this. You know, they are benefiting from the Nike contracts. But we can. What what we want to take here from the lesson is is to really show people that you was once in their position. Now it's going to be different. It's not going to be you waking up at 5 a.m. hitting the gym, hitting the ropes, um, doing your first pull up. It's not not about that unless that's your niche, it's going to be, yeah, it depends on your market. It's going to be, uh, what was your struggle and how can you incorporate that? So let's now discuss that in the mind of your story and your story is either listening to the BBO show today, as you help form this, because it's even more powerful than it, it enhances your personal brand to another level and starts to become the core of your story. So when you think of a Cristiano Ronaldo, you think he is the best because he works so hard. When you think of LeBron James, he is the best because he works so hard. Um, That's what we want to bring into your story as well. What was your struggle? What was your experience, which allowed you to now get to where you are? So what's the key here, Carl?
0: So the key we have already alluded to, you're not just talking about yourself. I'm sure you've been to talks, you've been to seminars, you've been to the networking events where so somebody will get up and they'll just yammer on about themselves and how great they are. It's the worst. Like, you, mm. you don't want to have anything to do with them. It. It's boring and it's annoying. Instead, instead, our story should be about the person who's listening. Um, obviously, we are the one talking because of the medium we're going to be using, but we need to address their issues. It's going to be about them, not about us. So we're saying, all right, I get your struggle Um, because I had the same problems I I had these struggles I had these difficulties I got through it and now I am where I am today and I'm going to help you to do the same thing that's going to be the core through line of your story
1: yeah and it's extremely powerful we're addressing their problem we so within so think about your story as very simply we're addressing their problem we're Within addressing their problem, we're going to provide them a solution by laying down our expertise, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about us. We're sharing our expertise. That's the that's the nuanced difference there. And within that, sharing this, the, the part of the journey, which meant that this wasn't instant for them. They had to do something or overcome something to get there. And if we can do that all within a single story, then we're winning. So now let's talk briefly about your story now what about your story um where's where's a, a good place for them to to start this process of actually defining their story
0: sure so we can start from the foundation of the fact that you're already producing something of value you're already producing something of value for the market that you're addressing we confirm this back in the business section again if you haven't gone through that process that's where we Um, To find a market, we worked out what the problems of the people in that market were. And then we started towards a solution, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, a subscription, whatever it is. We have a unit of value which helps to solve their problems. That's the foundation here. Um, Now we need to formulate a story around whatever this product or solution is based on your personal brand as well. So how did you get to, to where you are now? This is going to be the first step.
1: Let's uh, let's just uh, take a pause there for a second because um, I'm just spreading out the notes slightly. So there's three key considerations here. So when we're forming your story, because we want to keep this simple. Again, we're not we're not writing a biography. We're not writing this giant biography here. A useful tip is if you are in the if you have thought about the process of writing an ebook. Last week we actually spent a good time on how do you, how do you form your author's bio? So when you're putting your ebook onto Amazon, you know, you've got a limited character set, but it's not tiny. It's I think it's about from memory, 2000 characters.
0: That's product description, author bio is about 500. It's quite small.
1: Great. That's even better. So we've got 500 characters where we in a 500 character snapshot, we have to get across our story. Now we dive into depth here, but let's give you three questions or three things to consider when you get get started. So Carl, over to you for the first one.
0: Um, Sure, so the first one we're gonna answer is, how did you get to where you are right now? So this is the story of your struggle. Um, And again, it needs to be related to their problem, the problem that your potential customer is having already. You just need a few sentences about how you got to where you are now, so that you are now in a position to be talking to them about their problem from a position of, I can help you. so that's going to depend entirely on your story and your actual journey.
1: Mm. So, so if you're look, if you're thinking, okay, give me an example of that. Uh, let's look at a Cristiano Ronaldo. He trains oh, okay. like a beast.
0: Let's what about your, what Hums, What about your example? You used to work for a big corporation. Ah, okay, so, so
1: yeah. So how how did I get? where So I worked as an engineering, um, a railway engineer, uh, qualified, got a degree in it. Signal engineering specifically for the railway. Now that didn't suit me, my personality, who I was, and I had done it for a decade. And I'm thinking, okay, we got a, we got a life here. And do I want to be doing this for the rest of my life? The answer is no. So what, what do I need to do? What did I need to do, or how did I get out of that? Well, actually, I completely retrained myself in a completely different field, which was real estate in mean, that's american term but but property investing how to build a property portfolio which allows enough cash to be generated from that in order to help release or replace a salary now that was the goal so that's a part of my early process on how i got to here doing this show um and that's a that's a missing missing part so i'm not going to include that as part of this description otherwise I'll be talking beyond 500 characters, but I will share that with you. No doubt in the future on BBO shows, Mm -hmm. um, if you, if you buy the ebook that we have, uh, which is again, it's available for one pound and it's got 200 different ways to make money essentially whilst in lockdown and beyond, all you need is your laptop and an internet connection, and you can start generating money online without the need of a business, which is very, very powerful accessing other people's businesses to start making money online. So really, really cool. Now. In there is Kyle's bio and my bio. So my suggestion is go check that out because that gives you a really good example, another good example of how we are f- how how we formed a bio for ourselves within like maybe two or three paragraphs. Our, our bio is there. And that that is an end example of the questions that we're prompting you with now. Because right now it's just an exercise. First one is how did you get where you are now? So you start to describe it. Where you are now is the expert who's willing to share knowledge. How did you get there? So, uh, yes, went off on a slight tangent there, but Excited. use that.
0: <laughs> it's so natural for you to go from your story into the sale,
1: into the sale. i tell you what, if you want to know about sales, if you want to know about how to tell your story and sell naturally, then you got to, you've got to stick with us. <laughs> so, because I, I tell you what, Carl, many, so many people either don't know how to sell, they're scared to sell or it's not natural when they have something of value. So what I would say is by forming this story, it helps you sell your product better. Mm-hmm. So it's very much worthwhile spending some time and effort forming your story because it it helps sell your story without being the arrogant jerk and talking about yourself. Like that's not the purpose here. Within the story, you are sharing with them the solution. As part of that solution, there was struggle along the way. Um, So leaving a a career of 10 years, having got a degree and trained in it, especially in the Asian culture, I was an engineer. What a good boy. Now I'm like, actually, I don't want to be an engineer. What a bad boy. So all of that comes with its own struggle. And that's a part of helping you sell what you're trying to sell. So that's useful to know. What is the second question, which is also very powerful?
0: Sure. The second question will be, why did you build this product or this service in particular? What is it about what you are talking about? Um, that is particularly relevant to the people who are listening to you. So, in the case, or if, if we were going to sell our, the ebook just now, for example, you would use your story of, oh, I used to work for a, a large company for 10 years. I, I was miserable, didn't like it. I wanted to work for myself. I understand that this is a big uh, transition for a lot of people. So, here's a really great way you can get started you can buy the ebook because we put it together. It's got 200 ways to generate money online. Um, and it's a good way to dip your toes into building a secondary income through online business. So that would be the way you transition from your story into the particular product or the particular service that you're going to be selling um, during your story.
1: Yeah. And, and the, the, the amazing thing is this is your story. It's not fabricated. It's all true. It's all true to you. I just think most people don't take the time to objectively look at the story. That's, that is a challenge. It's not easy to do. And it can take many years to finally get to a point, a point where you're self-aware enough to, or you have the right people around you who can say, "Well, wow, that's the magic in your story. That's like that needs to be the core of your story." And then when you're explaining why you did this, why you built this product, it starts to make sense to people, um, and that's important. So the second question there, as a repeat, is why did you build this product? Then the final question is. What set of actions and decisions led you to right now in sharing and talking about this to your audience? What was that final part of the jigsaw puzzle, which meant, look, I had to share this with the audience. The product is one thing, but there was an important reason why I had to share
0: this with the audience. And if your product or service is genuinely valuable, there's almost like a moral incentive, a moral imperative to get it to people to help them solve their product. You need to really believe in your product though. Uh, And therefore your product actually has to be good Um, because if it can actually solve people's problems, if you've actually been through all these stages and now you can help people, you really should be doing so. Um, Because otherwise you're leaving them with that same problem, whether it's, I don't know, weight loss or they're not good at football, so they need to buy Ronaldo's shoes, whatever it is.
1: Whatever it is. Yeah. So, so if you look at our scenario, the set of actions and decisions that led us to write that ebook and shoot a five episode series of the BBO show on 200 different ways, 200 plus different ways to make money online, um, was COVID-19. The coronavirus was going on. We're seeing all around us, including within our business, invoices getting slashed, uh, businesses struggling. People who are employed either furloughed, they either got more time on their hands. Um, they've suddenly realized, shit, uh, what is the, pur- what is my purpose? or I need to pivot, I need to create an online business. So all of these factors played a role. There's never just one decision. Um, it would be easy if there was just one decision, but there's a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of reasons, which led us to create and write this ebook. Now it's it's an easy sell when it's $1 or one pound uh, on Amazon. So I would go check that out. That's in the link in the, the description below. So those are the set of questions to help you start forming your story. And it's important that we're not making this stuff up is that
0: fair to say yeah it's all reality um you can't just make stuff up because well one that's fraudulent, um <laughs> and you can get done and two you'll get found out uh, three it's also just morally not the right thing to do um even if you are okay with the immorality of making things up it's not going to work for very long you'll get found out you won't really have your heart behind the project and it's not going to be a sustainable business so just Just use your actual story, Um, use the actual events, the actual reasons. So how did you get to where you are now? Why did you build this product? And what set of actions and decisions led you to this point right now, uh, talking to your audience? If you can answer those genuinely, then what all we're doing is we are shaping uh, the story into a way that's easy for you to deliver and easy for people to consume. That's where the storytelling comes in. We're not talking about fabricating or making things up. That's just online.
1: Yeah, because we're not in the wild, wild west where you'd be on a horse. You know, you can tell one story to one town and have one identity in one town.
0: It's medicine cures everything and then you (laughs) run away on your horse.
1: Then you run away to the next town and do the same thing again. Like, that seems to be how people think they can get away with it. But we're online now, you know. I think the only people who got away with that in modern times is the people who did the heist in Ocean's, the Ocean series. Series, Oceans 11, 12, or whatever, 13 and eight, because they kept going back to the same town and robbing the same casinos. Or in this, what? You're in Las Vegas, so you keep robbing the same casinos. There's eight of you. How is that possible? So I think outside that, we live in an online world now. So, you know, we can't <laughs> just, just be true to your story. And I guess this leads to the final point, which is we appreciate it is tricky to tell your own story and to start to form your own story objectively because you know, you may feel uncomfortable, you may feel arrogant, or you may think, well, even by forming my story, I'm just talking about myself. And that makes me feel a bit
0: weird. And you're also Um, living it. You don't have the objective distance. While you're living it, it's very hard to step back and be like, oh, oh, yeah, I did all these things. Or, oh, yeah, that's the pathway I've been taking. It's really hard for us to do it.
1: Yeah, it's extremely hard. So what our suggestion would be is, because that is going to be unique to you, your, your individual soul, your individual story. Come and chat to myself and Carl in the Slack group. It's a private group. You can come ask us the questions there and we can try, give you some, an objective approach, some, some more questions as prompts to help you get going and almost like a, just answer these questions and we can help you get through that process. So you have a story, a go-to story, which helps now define your brand.
0: We promise not to sell you too many barefoot shoes or uh, post Christian Ronaldo memes.
1: Yeah. And I'm only going to sell it to you if I'm making money from it. So, um, if there's, if there's an affiliate link and I'm making money from it, then I will more than happily sell it to you. Otherwise
0: Amazon, it... man, Vibrams are on Amazon.
1: Oh, oh, Vibram's oh so, <laughs> so, so I haven't got Vibrams yet. I, I I'm purely Viva, but Vibrams on, on the back of my mind, um, five fingers. <laughs> we'll, we'll explore that I'm sure. So let's, let's just de- define what we spoke about today, you know, really today was identifying what are we going to be saying? And to determine what we're going to be saying, we really need to focus on how we're going to be representing or showing up in the world in the term of a brand. And we did apologize for that term. It's just the best way to get the message across, which is, are we going to select a corporate brand, which may be right or wrong for you, or our personal preference, which is a personal brand, assuming that you're kicking off this idea as a new concept venture or whatever. So a personal brand or corporate brand that was number one then how do we get this message across and differentiate ourselves from the competition and be different and that very much comes from our story and that story will start to shape what we talk about later in the week so now we focus on the story so we've got whether we're doing a personal corporate brand up to you we gave you our, our reasoning behind both and then we've got a story which we're forming based on very much solving the person's problem but also determining in that that there was a struggle it wasn't always the way it is now and you had to do a certain set of actions or steps to get you there and you're going to be helping them explore those actions and steps and in the same breath you know you show them that you've done this you can show them how you do this and the fact that once upon a time you was also in their position and that's extremely powerful within the storytelling scenario if you want to expand and learn more about stories and you've got lots of time in your hands i think explore the book sapiens again and don't make any money from that he's already rich Uh, he talks about very very much one of the core uh, themes within this in the book is how we create stories and how influential they are uh, on other people whether it's corporations brands etc so to really grasp that that's probably a really good book to expand your thought but if time is short, we've given you the eighty twenty principle to get started. So certainly get started there. Now, why today is important is we are going to take this message uh, that we've discovered and dis- uh, formed today, and that now helps us determine what format we will present this story in, and then based on that format and based on that messaging, what is the platform of choice in order to get this message out into the world and start to build our audience that is tomorrow. So there, that's it. That's it from today. Uh, we covered a lot today.
0: Um, two, two additional book recommendations. If you are interested in these topics, um, so the Slack group's a good place to chat. Um, if you are looking for some extra reading, Daniel Priestley, who we've mentioned a few times, uh, he wrote key person of influence, which talks about a few of these issues. Um, about personal branding in particular there's also uh chris chris ducker chris ducker's rise of the you i've never said it out loud it's an awful word you oh, but youpreneur. um so rise of the Upreneur and um key person of influence are good books around messaging around personal branding
1: anybody watching will think carl's literally got books scattered all over the floor i do i do because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's looking left right up down Amazing. So anyway, signing off from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wherever, subscribe, join the Slack group as well. That's completely free. They will ask for your email, but that goes to Slack. Just make sure Just make sure that you're a real person. We do not get that email. So that's it. Two things today. And if you're enjoying what
0: we're doing. Ghost Tribes. When is Daniel Priestley coming on and when should people?
1: No idea yet, but when Daniel Priestley comes on and we shot that, I will... I will post that as an additional link within the description and, do, and I will let you know how you can get access to that interview because it will be uh, an insightful one because it's somebody who's built businesses, large businesses uh, and pivoted in various ways and built books off the back of it, which helped now feed his value ladder. So, you know, he's a good example of somebody who's done everything that we talk about and deep dive into certainly within the expert funnel arena. So awesome. So that's it from today. We shall see you tomorrow where we, where we expand more and give you that the thing that most people want to know is what platform shall I post my content yeah. on we should talk